Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome back to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am so delighted to have with me today as my guest, Barb Patterson. Barb, welcome to my program. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk to Barb, there's a couple. Uh, One is that her background is so interesting because while today she has a coaching and consulting firm that serves organizations, individual leaders, solopreneurs across the world, she started out in the corporate world and most recently as an executive in an area that's near and dear to my heart, which is talent management and development and leadership development. And so it was really fun to get to to meet Barb and learn about these common areas that we share. And then on top of that, she has a podcast that has become one of my absolute favorites. It's called Real Business, Real Lives. And I highly recommend that you check that out because she's just an amazing host and brings on some remarkable guests and brings out really interesting points when she talks to them. So Barb, let's get started. I, um, there's just so much for us to talk about today. Absolutely. And the first thing I want to get you to talk about, because so many of my listeners are coaches and consultants, is tell us how you made that transition and what caused you to make the transition from the corporate world to starting your own coaching and consulting business. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's um, this, I've had my own business now for, in this round, for about eight years, but it's not the first time uh, I had done that. You know, I always say I was younger in my 20s and very naive and just, you know, that naiveness served me in a lot of ways because I just took a leap and I had started in um, kind of personal development. So with, you know, psychology based, self-help based. And as I was teaching those um, people in the audience would say, would you come into my company? Would you come help my company and my mm. team? And so I started doing that. And I remember at one point, I don't know, maybe like 27, 28 years old and um, having this thought, I was in this group, you know, in a company and it was a room full of men and, you know, who at the time seemed really old to me <laughs> and were probably the age I am now. Right. But um, I just had this thought. I'm like, Oh, I need um more experience. And by the way, it was going fine. Like I had an expertise that I was sharing. I didn't need to know theirs. Right. But I could just feel like in that moment, I'm like, Oh, I need to be in the world a little more, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I then after that started um, moving into um, working inside companies and that was through sales, but I still taught these personal development programs around the U S And I had a gentleman um, call me and say, you know, I want to hire somebody to lead my training department, to start it and lead it in my company. But I want it to be a mix of personal and professional development. 
and you know would you be interested well you know over time and conversation i you know decided to say yes and that really became my um, introduction into um, organizational development training and learning at all levels leadership development and i just kept getting opportunity but that kind of original entrepreneurial solopreneur kind of heart has always been there so i've had a couple of stints where i've gone back on my own and the last time i did it i um, got hired by this company um, to work for them and to start their north american organizational development function and i started as a consultant but then they asked me to come in full time and it just was a yes inside i could feel it was a yes even though i didn't have any plans of going back into the corporate mm. world um not not because of a just i just didn't think i would you know but this was such a clear yes inside of me and it ended up just being this amazing opportunity i feel like it was you know a good partnership right they gave me opportunity they developed me i eventually moved to paris i became the head of the global organizational development talent management all of learning so it was great and i feel like i contributed and i helped so but then you know about eight nine years ago now i just started feeling that pull again to go back you know and want to do my own thing and um and i did and you know what's interesting it was interest it was great not to be leaving something that was bad you know it was really just following where i was called versus kind of leaving something that wasn't right working. yes yeah. so many consultants that i've talked to over the years have said that's what drove them out to go on their own was a unhealthy or toxic or a negative work environment so it's nice to hear that you went yeah. from a good place to a better place yeah rather than just uh, escaping yeah, it seems right. like your state of mind would have been um, in a better place. And speaking of that, that, that's a kind of a nice transition to one of the key ahas that I think that you have acquired over the years is recognizing what you refer to as a hidden variable. Yeah. So I'd love for you to talk more about that because I know that's really the centerpiece or cornerstone of your work with clients. Yeah yeah absolutely as you can imagine you know over the previous 25 years i you know started out in personal development the self-help transformation what's required and then that shifted to how do you change organizations how do you help leadership how do you help people thrive inside of organizations and i had been really lucky to learn from people from all over the world travel around the world work with leaders around the world so i had a lot of different tools in my toolbox right i had my psychology background i had the self-help but then i had a lot of training on communication skills sales skills leadership presence conflict resolution and so i was had been coaching for many many years and doing development consulting right whether internal or external mm -hmm. and to me it was like i brought all of that knowledge to a conversation into an individual and a company in a way that was great but there was still something really puzzling to me and that was a couple things one was why could i change in some areas but the ones i really wanted to i just struggled more like you know that was always a puzzle 
And then the same with the leaders I worked with or the organizations, like you would see some people be able to take what they learned and take it and run with it and other people struggle. You'd see people get really inspired and really want to change, but then when it came down to it, not be able to. Now, I had a lot of ideas about why that was. Their personalities, their subconscious issues, their past, their lack of commitment, their busy, you know, like I had a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And when I um, left Paris, moved back to the States, at that same time, I started being coached um, at that point by Michael Neal, who is, uh, works in this field that I now do, which is kind of understanding the role our minds play in our day-to-day, our ability to connect, to be in relationship, to do well. And that's, that's when I started to realize, oh, like we have our, our skills, our competencies, our experiences, all of that. But underneath it, there is what, as you said, this hidden variable, which some people talk about as state of mind, the quality of your mind. And that variable is playing a much bigger role than we have maybe ever considered before. And that variable is affecting whatever we're up to moment to moment. And people know this, like this isn't like, you know, when I started to connect the dots and be taught this, I was like, a duh, of course, right? But you know, like I hadn't really considered, like we all know that like, you know, we can, we can know exactly what we wanna do or say in an interview, but then we go in the interview and we're all nervous and anxious. We just don't perform as well, right? Yeah. You know, and or you can know you shouldn't say something like, right? Like you're getting ready, you're really reactive, and you know, I probably shouldn't say that, but you say it anyway. <laughs> so, those all point to that. And so, I got really interested. I started to see that, oh, yeah, it's not personality, it's not the past, it's not um, skills and competencies, that there's this other invisible piece. And that has been a rich journey for me and, and has had a number of really wonderful implications for me, both personally and for my clients. Well, thinking about that, um, talk a little bit about what it meant for you personally to have a better understanding of what this is and maybe define what you mean when you say state of mind. How is that different from some of the other things that you were describing and what did that awareness do for you personally yeah absolutely well the first thing i want to say is there's there's in this work there's kind of a couple of ways to talk about it and that have been helpful to me so i'll just do the best i can now to do that but the first is that all of us all humans are experiencing life through inside out. We're experiencing life moment to moment based on where our thought is in the moment or based on where the quality of our internal state is. And that's fluid. So that's why you can, in one moment, something can look really confusing and then in the next you get clarity, right? That points to this kind of variable. We can, you know, I always use the example, a friend of mine went on a safari and she like, that they would be saying, look, look over there, there's the elephant. And, you know, she'd look and she couldn't see it. And then all of a sudden she'd see it, right? You know, it kind of points to that all day long, we're kind of, 
our minds get constricted and open. We get reactive and perspective. You know, there's something going on in our minds and in our internal landscape. And that's affecting what we see and how we behave and what occurs to us to do and our level of understanding or perspective in any moment. So just seeing that, see, to me, it's like, I used to think that I was feeling what was outside of me was causing my feelings, right? The, the outside of me was generating what was happening in me. Mm-hmm. What this understanding you see, really, that's impossible. It's impossible. My experience is 100% of the time being generated from within me. And if we know that, what that helps us do is it gives us a great gauge in any moment because we can kind of see where we're at, you know, and you can see like, oh, I'm reactive. Oh, I'm stirred up. Oh, I, you know, there's more neutrality available or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So really seeing that was, was one piece of it. But the other piece, which in many ways was um, maybe more profound, I don't know if you can rate it, but was realizing that there is an innate nature within all of us. And that innate nature comes as part of the design of a being human. And that is a couple things, which means one, left to our own devices, our mind's clear. And in a clearer state of mind, we just see broader. We have more perspective. We're connected more to our own well-being. Things roll off our back easier, right? You start to see like, oh, I didn't have, I don't even have to manage my state of mind. I don't have to, which is impossible anyway. I don't have to try and get better thinking. Like all of that is adding more noise. What I started to see was when we connect to kind of the, the way we're designed, you see like, oh, we're actually designed to do okay. And in that then is this idea that Each human, each one of us has within us this sort of innate well-being, this well of being, this essence, this human spirit. You know, you find your word, right? But it wasn't until I really got curious and really considered that the truth of who all of us are is both this innate essence, this formless energy, and this human. We are the intersection of both. And so I'm a more practical minded. I'm, I've always believed we're part of something bigger. So it wasn't like that was revolutionary to me. But what was, was there was a way before it used to look like I had to wield that energy in a certain way, right? And now all of a sudden it was like, well, no, no, like I just had a heartfelt, like my own personal learning curve of if that's true that all of us, all humans, are both this creative, infinite potential, this well of being, this essence, this formless energy, and we are this human that comes pre-designed, right, with things already going for it. When I started to consider where all of that, that's when things really started to change, and I'll just share briefly a couple of things, and one is... One is I realized um, all my drive and striving um, and push and hand on the wheels wasn't really necessary. And most of the time it was just an illusion that I could fall into kind of a richer feeling of life and myself and make things happen too. Like that, you know, this, 
kind of idea. If you had asked me why I was successful, I would have said, I work hard, I strive, I push myself, I'm a maximizer. And I started to realize like those old models of what it takes to be successful are actually have diminishing returns and they result in burnout and stress and overwhelm. And by the way, our best thinking comes in a freer, more present mind. Our best self comes from a freer and more present mind. So the idea that I had to manage everything and myself and my personality and the people and the events and I had to think about it, you know, like I had a lot on my mind. I had no clue how much I was living inside my thinking versus living in life. So when I got curious about what if it's true that we're both those things, it just put me on a really lovely learning curve, which by the way, I still feel very much like an infant and a student of, a lifetime student of that. <laughs> it's so funny. I relate to so much of what you're saying in terms of being a high achiever and maximizer on the yeah, strengths yeah. finder. That's my number one. Yeah. Um, and yet over the years, um, not going through your journey, but just my own path, having a similar insight that it isn't necessary to put forth as much effort because when you're doing that, you are stressing yourself and you're putting yourself in a position of not being able to access that creative side. Yeah. It's when we calm down and allow ourselves to um, take time, mm. um, slow down, uh, yeah. that I think it makes a big difference. I love the insights you've shared about yourself and I'm curious how that translated then into how you changed the way you work with your clients as you started discovering these things for yourself? Yeah, you know, when I was first learning, I was, it was, you know, I was having so many kind of personal aha moments that at first I thought, well, I'll bring this into my individual client, but it won't be a part of like the organizational work I do. But um, as you know, that completely changed and I'll share a little bit about why. So the first thing is that, um, you know, the one-on-one -on -one work, I think I realized this was the only conversation in a way that I wanted to be having because for me, it was the missing piece. Mm -hmm. See, you know, it was, the, it was the piece that if people could get a feel for, they could leverage in any moment. You know, so in a very simple way, if I'm getting ready to have a important conversation and I, I know the best way to do that is a free present mind. Um, if I'm reactive inside, I'll do what occurs to me in the moment to lean more towards presence and neutrality, right? You no longer respect a disturbed mind in a way. We have it, we're human. So this isn't about like perfection, which by the way, I think in all my other work, you know, I was trying to overcome the human experience at some level. And this is not that. This is getting good at the full range of the human experience because we understand the nature of it. We understand it's fluid. We understand where it's coming from. So when I work with leaders or solopreneurs and organizations, what they start to realize is in a way they can surf the up and downs versus swimming in it, right? There's a way that the understanding doesn't keep us from going up and down and getting reactive and you know all of that. 
But because we're considering there's more to the story than our current mood, there's more to the story than the way it looks right now, there's more to the story than my thought, it gives us, we, we hold things a little looser inside. And in that looser holding, we get wiser thinking, we get helpful thoughts. So one-on-one, -on -one I started noticing that leaders were able to navigate um, their ability to develop people, their own workloads, right? How many in a very simple way live in just a really incredible sped up mind. And that was absolutely right. me. And I had a lot of respecting for all my, a lot of respect for all my thinking. So part of what happens in this work is people have a different relationship to thought. They have a different relationship to their thinking. And in that, they naturally start to get other kinds of fresh perspective and fresh ideas, and they start to slow down and experience less stress. And so there's all sorts of benefits to that for them. And then organizationally, it became pretty fast I started to see oh, you tell me a place in business, whether you're starting your own business or you work inside of a company where your current state of mind is not having an impact or where state of mind doesn't have an impact, I haven't seen it. Productivity, engagement, morale, um, innovation, right? Leadership, influence, sales, all of those places. When people understand the role their minds are playing, when they understand the relationship between the quality of their mind and the output, changes everything for them. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, one of the things that, that I was thinking is, I know you work with, with working with people who are solopreneurs mm -hmm. or business leaders, there's so much they're dealing with on a moment by moment or day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious um, if you find initially, are they open to this idea of taking a look at state of mind? Because thinking for myself, being an entrepreneur, I'm looking for solutions, right? Give me yeah, the yeah, answer, yeah, give me the yeah. thing I need to do to make yeah. this go away or make this work better. Yeah. And so, I'm just guessing you encountered that kind of attitude initially, and is that accurate? And how do you help them move past that need to yeah. the place that you're um, wanting to take them? Yeah, so the, the first thing I'll talk about are solopreneurs because, you know, I'm one of them, so I relate. And I think it was about, you know, maybe a couple years after having my own business and work looking in this direction of this work in this field, I realized, oh my, the way I'm doing my business is completely different. You know, like my business was always like this thing and I was into it. I wanted it to grow. I want to have impact and reach. I want to play. I want to stretch myself. But in a way, I, you know, I didn't realize um, how much you know, my conditioned thinking about what makes things work was getting in my way. How much my conditioned thinking about um, overthinking was keeping me from being fresh. You know, so I started to see, and those are just two of a number of things I could name. But when I realized, oh, wow, I am growing my business, the impact I'm having, how I feel about my business, what's happening is so different 
I immediately knew I'm sharing this with other, you know, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. Like that was just easy. And I've been doing that for a number of years. And really what, what in a simple way, what I'm saying is there's nothing more leveraged than where you come from in any given moment. Whether you're thinking about pricing, <laughs> do you see thought? You know, when you're thinking about growth and impact and scale and hiring and your work and all of that, there's a, a way that that stuff feels more practical, but it's no less impacted by the quality of your own mind. You know, so our ability to move past conditioned thinking, to have fresh ideas about our work and our business is, is incredible. And it's why I kind of came up with the idea of Beyond Limits in Business, because I realized at some point, every single person is up against some illusion of thought, some illusion of some limitation, whether it's scale or impact or themselves, right? I have issues. I'm not disciplined. But when you really begin to explore, what if, what if there's some other version there? What if there's more to the story than what you think? It's amazing what people start to step into and create in their businesses. So talk and, a little bit about this program that you started. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was about a, I've been doing masterminds in small group with solopreneurs and then also working inside of organizations. And I just started to realize it was actually a, uh, one of the teachers, Aaron Turner, and he was mentoring me at the time. And it was one of those conversations where I had been talked to him about doing these kind of live events, these summits where business people share with business people, right? It's not just the consultants and the coaches out there sharing, but it's like business people sharing how this understanding has transformed their life and their work. And so I was moving forward with it and thinking about what I might say about it. And he just said to me, if you were going to be bold, you know, if you were going to say what you really wanted to say, what would you say? And I would say, oh, it would be the piece about that, you know, we are so much more than we think, you know, and the source of doing well, the source of connection, the source of impact is that deeper nature. And when we learn to lead from that place, to live in that place, it's so rich and full of innovation and love and connection and insight. And it's funny, I, you know, people will often say to me, you can't say that in corporations. Well, I do. I, you know, I find a, a way and a connection, right? You know, but I'll give you an example. I'm working with this financial global financial company, which is very old school, right? But um, they heard something in the connection between state of mind and performance that resonated for them, which I find most people do. But I worked with this leader and we did an intensive. And then my first appointment with them afterwards, the first thing they said to me was, oh, my family just wants to thank you. And I said, oh, why? And she said, our weekends are completely different. We are enjoying each other. We're relaxing, we're rejuvenating, we're more connected, we're more at ease. Now I didn't go in to show her that, right? That wasn't the point of us working together. But I hear those stories all the time when people begin to understand the role of thought, state of mind, and what's driving it. And they learn 
and they also begin to see for themselves what's on offer in a free and present mind and that deeper nature to life, it, it you know, changes things across the board for them. Well, you're bringing out to me a really important point. When you work with someone and they have these insights and start making changes in their behavior, it impacts them as a whole person, yeah. not just at work, because we are, you know, complete human beings. And so if we get an important learning in one context, we are able to apply it in others. I just love that. It's one of the things I enjoy most hearing about with people who use our products too, is the fact that something at home became different. Because if it's happening there, it's also happening at work. It's, you know, it's because it's a way of showing up. It's a way of being, and it gets again at what you're talking about with the state of mind. So your real, um, your Beyond Limits program is a live event that you conduct for business owners and entrepreneurs? Yeah, it was really, you know, you mentioned the podcast, I'll just see, that was just originally inspired by wanting to hear business leaders and, and um, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs share their stories. And then I realized, well, what if we could create these kind of two or three day, one day, two day events where people get to sit in a room and hear from people just like them you know, who are successful or want to grow, want to have impact and hear how um, they can let go of a lot of the old preconditioned ideas we have about what it means to be successful or professional or, you know, and really learn to move through their life and their business from this different, this deeper connection, right? Mm -hmm. And free your mind. And so I do those events. I've done them around the world in Europe and in the U.S. And then I'm uh, also creating Beyond Limits in Business is going to be a platform. So there'll be opportunities for learning and education and training as well as these events. Oh, great. Well, yeah. the, one of the reasons I was curious is because in your podcast, I know that you feature some of the people who are speaking at your events, and I highly recommend my listeners to find your podcast and listen to those because they really are relatable. You know, all of us who are running our own business face some of the same challenges, and it is very inspiring and motivating for me to hear stories about people who experienced the same issues and yet because of the state of mind they brought to the situation or they brought to their clients, they were able to see things and respond quite differently. So I, I want to really recommend people who are um, interested in this idea to pursue it because I think, you know, Barb, you've discovered something that to me is just the core essence of living a happy, fulfilling life is recognizing these two aspects of ourselves and honoring them. And I am curious in the corporate world, because you brought it up yourself, the idea that people may question whether, does that really have a place in corporate? Are they going to uh, be more skeptical of something that has a kind of, I won't say woo-woo, but a more ethereal sound state of mind. What are we talking about there? How do you make that more concrete, real, and practical 
for them, both in the pre-engagement um, phase, when you are in a sales situation, how do you talk about it to have people pay attention? And then once you get into it, how do you introduce it to a new client who you're, that you're working with? Well, you know, the first thing, like a lot of maybe your listeners who are coaches and consultants, the first thing you do is you go in and you listen, like what's on their mind, right? What matters to them? What are they struggling with? What do they want more of, less of, all of that? And the only thing then that I'm doing that's unique to the field I'm in is I'm listening to see how if they understood the role of their state of mind, if they understood how their own quality of mind was affecting what they're trying to do. That's it. I'm connecting that dot. So I'm not pretending to be, you know, an expert in um, sales per se or productivity, but I know that if they understand quality of mind, it will, it will change that. It will help in those areas. I have absolute complete confidence because I've seen it over and over again. Again, you know, um, when production teams are being ineffective, most likely you'll find out that they're sped up, they're worried about outcome, they're overthinking things, right? It's, again, the role their mind is playing. In sales, when, what, when you talk to really good salespeople, what do you ultimately peel back all the stuff and you see that they have a way to connect, to have really good rapport, to, to listen, all of that is a function of where your head is at. Mm -hmm. When we walk in and we're attached to outcome, we're intense, we don't listen as well, you know, like it affects the it. pressure so, to make the sale. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it is a practical, like this understanding helps in very practical ways. And so I'm just connecting that dot. So people say that. Now, the other thing I'll just share, because I've been on the other side, I've been the person hiring the coaches and the consultants and spending multi-millions of dollars on training and all of that inside of a company. And all of us know that we've invested hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in training to have um, hit or miss results. We all know that. And what I'm really saying is what I've seen for myself, having lived inside a company for many years and led many of that, brought in the consultants, and now uh, it's because of this variable. And when we make this variable visible for organizations, for teens, for leaders, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, there's a way that they can they have like a whole new understanding of themselves and the situation that they're able to leverage when they're up to really big things. You have companies who want to be innovative and they think, well, let's lock ourselves in a room for a day and make it, come on, let's work through this meeting. Let's make this happen. And then you start to help, help, help them see that in a, a, you know, in that quality of thinking and when things aren't really moving, the best thing to do is take a break let your mind reset, you know, it's, you're way more efficient, you're way more productive than innovative. Right. So when you first start working with a new client, how do you set the stage with them as to how, you know, you don't talk about working magic, obviously, but in terms of helping them move to that better state, 
what are some typical either questions you ask or, or, or guidance you give in that process of helping them move from being stressed, overwhelmed, in negative thinking of some way or other to a better place? Yeah, well, the first thing, whether I'm, you know, teaching a team or a group of leaders or, you know, one-on-one -on -one is to really help people see that um, their minds have a role and the quality of their mind is having impact. So, and because we're talking about making something visible and this learning is really insight-based, you know, so getting people in a place of reflection, of really seeing things differently from inside uh, requires a little different, like, you know, it's more than just a conceptual idea. Mm -hmm. You know, the concept alone isn't enough to do it, right? You really have to see it and see it, see how thought is playing a role and your sped up mind is playing a role, your more relaxed mind. Like you really have to become a student of that and see it. And once people see it, they see like, oh yeah, I'm feeling thought in this moment, but beyond this moment, there's more information, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy everything I'm thinking in a reactive mind, you know, yeah. because we know in a reactive mind, our vision gets very limited and narrow. So part of it is just spending time with them, helping them see it and see it for mm -hmm. themselves within themselves. Well, can you give an example or two of clients that have gone from one way of being operating to being in a, a more um, relaxed, um, thoughtful state based on their work with you over time? Yeah, I'll give one example. I was working with a, a gentleman and um, it was a group of partners for a company, a consulting company. And, um, you know, they wanted to improve their communication, but then also, you know, this one particular partner was having a tough time. People didn't want to work on his teams because he had a lot of edge, he was emotional, he would blow up. And um, so when we started to talk, he could see that by the time he was blowing up, he was already at a pretty reactive state. Now, he thought his reactivity was coming from them, right? Because they didn't do what they said, they didn't do it good enough, you know? So to him, in a way, his reactivity looked out of his control. But when we began to point to, no, 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 he's experiencing, his experience is coming to life inside of him. So what happened was, you know, over time in a couple conversations, he started to see like, oh yeah, okay, that is coming. To me that that's true so what naturally started to happen was um it didn't all of a sudden look instant like they did something wrong blow up he he real he started to get clues on his quality of mind long before that right so he started to see his tension before he had he didn't even notice tension mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. you know he started to get a feel for that kind of backing up inside of him and that that helped him kind of, you know, keep more neutral throughout. But the other thing I'll just share quickly is he also believed his edge made them better performers. That was a very different conversation. Mm, right? You're talking beliefs now. Yeah, yeah. Well, but when he started to see 
And this is why I said it's like insight. When he started to see he didn't perform as well when he was intense or when he was tense and worried and, you know, then how could he say a more tense situation with his team would be helpful, right? All right. of a sudden, I didn't have to convince him of anything. He naturally, logically saw that and so was able to start to interact with them differently. It wasn't about perfection, right? We aren't perfect. He, he, you know, he would have edge and all that, but because he could now feel it, it was no longer invisible to him. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just behavior before he saw it. He understood. He started to get more of a feel inside of him. He was, he, he handled it much better. And as a result, by the way, his natural, like this was a good guy. See, really a really good guy and, you know, kind of funny and charming and had a lot going for him. But people were afraid of him because he was so unpredictable. Mm. But when he started to get a feel for this, he was much more approachable. His good, his natural goodwill, his natural humor had more space, right? And, it, and so the quality that he walked around in was very different. And people feel that in us. That is so great. Uh, the word that was coming to mind as I was listening was awareness. He became so much more aware of himself. And once you become aware of yourself, it seems like you have a greater capacity for becoming aware of others. Yeah. And, and really seeing them for who they are, as opposed to how you, the lens you're looking at them through yeah. <laughs> because yeah. of your own stuff. Yeah. Right? Well, and you see, it's like all of us know it. What's that Maya Angelou quote? You know, people won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. That's an indication that our internal feeling is having an effect. It's leaving a wake. So again, this has come back. It comes back to where we are, where we come from is what has the most impact and effect. And so when people naturally move in a freer mind a more present mind they're in this kind of richer quality and you real you see their relationships change mm -hmm. naturally yeah that is fantastic and i could talk to you all day about this because of course i find it fascinating you know each of us is on our own journey with this i know my listeners are too and so the insights that you have shared have just been um thought-provoking and insightful. So I want to thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. And I know that some folks are going to want to know more about you and the services you provide. So how can they connect with you, Barb? Yeah, well, they can find me at barbarapatterson.com. And then coming soon is the Beyond Limits in Business website as well, where we'll always have events and things going on. That's so. great. And your podcast is at your website also. It is, yeah. So one place for everybody yeah. to go. And we'll have that in the show notes page also. Well, thank you again for joining me today, Barb. It was just a delight. Thank you, Meredith. And I just want to say before we end, just how much I love your spirit and your generosity and what you're doing in the world. And thank you for having me today. Oh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, 
Grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.